Welcome to CTO Confessions with TC Gill. Brought to you by IT Labs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of CTO Confessions is brought to you by the one and only IT Labs, providing technology leaders with purpose-driven development teams for high-performance innovation and productivity. What more could you want? Please think of us like tech leaders' favourite off-the-shelf service, providing quality, high-performing teams off that shelf. And your host today is me, TC Gill, IT Labs Chief Talking Officer, and I'm speaking from London, UK. And in this episode, we're going to talk to Marios, the CTO at a very honest and innovative company called Honest AI. So let's not delay. Let's get Marios into the space and share his enlightening stories and knowledge with you, our audience. So welcome, Marios. Welcome to CTO Confessions podcast. Hello, and uh, thanks for inviting me. It's my pleasure. Brilliant. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself. What do you do? And what was your journey to, to the position that you're in now? Sure. Um, so I'm Marius. I'm currently CTO of a startup called Honest AI. We are London-based um, um, early-stage startup, and we create uh, AI-powered solutions for the commercial real estate. Before that, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a physicist. I'm a quantum physicist by training. I have spent roughly 10 years in academia, working in Europe, North and South America, I was uh, totally focused and passionate um, about uh, about research, academic research, mathematics and physics. Um, for different various reasons, I left academia, worked as a data science scientist in industry, um, and I was inspired when I suddenly, accidentally became an um, entrepreneur myself a year ago. And that brings me to Honest AI now. Brilliant, yeah. So going from the, kind of the academic world and doing kind of pure research, that must have been quite a, an abrupt change, you know, um, to, to where you are now. It, 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 it was. Uh, to be honest, I wouldn't expect to be that, um, that different. Sometimes um, ideas and the ways people expect you to act, uh, there's a clash between your previous self and your current self and your future self. And yeah. these are, yeah, it takes lots of moments of uh, contemplation, consideration, and and, and reflection. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, after all, life without disruptions is boring. Yes, so. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's, that's good. And um, just to reflect on um, the uh, physics and maths, um, I mean, I love maths. I think like maths is like poetry, and physics is is a is a way of kind of describing the world through this kind of poetry. Um, is that is that something that you miss? Is it, is it an area that you still kind of do work in uh, on the math side? Um, yeah, um, yes, yes, I do have my network in uh, universities, mainly in um, Germany and Switzerland. We do publish from time to time. I, I try to help them. To, to, to publish some of uh, the leftover work that uh, goes around simulating quantum gases, ultra cold gases, and, and microscopic things. Yeah. Um, I, I do miss the academic liberty. I do miss the um, modeling and simulating. However, 
I'm happy I'm not doing that full time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anymore. Yes. Yeah. That, that's good. Uh, I'm, yeah. You can uh, find curiosity and spark um, anywhere, anywhere yeah. in, in, in life, in any profession. Brilliant. Brilliant. So coming on to your company, Honest AI, what do they do then? What's the problem that they're solving in the market? Right. Um, in, in two words, we manage complexity when it comes to managing information, a flow of data that help people come to investment decisions. When I say people, I mean um, investors, institutional landlords, analysts, and uh, asset managers um, in, um, in companies sometimes as big as um, uh, publicly trading companies in England, everywhere in the world. Um, they have to manage portfolios of um, hundreds of millions or more of property and they have to make decisions whether they keep the buy they sell or they repurpose uh property what we do for them is that we make it easier faster less complex less of a headache to get to the right data to the right number um so that they can focus on what they know and what they want to do yeah and what kind of savings are we looking sorry what kind of savings in time are we looking at here using your system yeah, so we do uh, we do estimate that uh, with our, our customers on thirty uh, percent at least of um, cutting down the time that it takes to to get down to the to the information to wow. a document or a number. I mean that's a substantial amount of time, you know. Um, I'm curious around the decision making as well because obviously. I imagine I'm making an assumption here. The decisions that the AI is supporting isn't purely made by the AI. It's 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 another level of information that absolutely not. We're not creating something that will replace analysts or investors. Hmm. We are empowering them. We want to create the superhero analyst. Yeah. Of the new era. Yeah. Uh, so post-COVID recovery era. In, I think in every in every aspect of industry, but even more in in real estate and commercial real estate, where we explode, and the frequency with which people have need to to to, to make investments and decisions will be ten times as uh, yeah. Brilliant. Um, to to cope with that, you need more information and you need faster information. Um, we don't make the decisions ourselves. Definitely, we don't. AI will not make these decisions, but will make it easier for the people to get to the right signal. Yeah. Okay. And actually, we want our tools to learn from from the best. Yeah. And again, I, I mean, I don't work in the AI area. I, I have colleagues that do that. Um, those decisions that are supporting the analysts, um, I imagine sometimes that they're kind of more on on the uh, on the mark. They've hit the mark, and sometimes they're not quite off. What's the kind of feedback loop in making sure that that AI is actually making the getting better at making those decisions? Yeah, we monitor a number of um, uh, different metrics from from our users. Um, what we offer now. Uh, it boils down to precision and recall, so pe people familiar with. Um, uh, classifications or um, uh, data science problems in general are familiar, familiar with. Yeah. Um, if if they're happy with what they, uh, the document that they download, we know that. If they spend a long time in, in within our search engine, uh, then we know that and, and, and we improve it. Yeah, brilliant. 
I love that. Uh, so it's quite interesting that you're kind of taking, I imagine, um, some kind of hardcore research, very academic kind of ideas and what have you, and applying it to the business world. I mean, is this something that um, you know, really is something that you enjoy? It's one of your kind of passions. Yeah, definitely. We value um, academic research in the sense that the, the the motivation is purely curiosity, just to know because yeah. I yeah. because I come from the, from this space. However, a company, anyone should should be able to distinguish where um, uh, the domain of applicability of it mm. is. So there are different there are definitely uh, boundaries between academic research industrial research and applications. However, we tend not to forget yeah. uh, each of these facets. So yeah, we have, a, we have a collaboration with leading universities in the UK. Um, we have advisors from the best. Um, and we, we actually just were granted a, um, a, a open smart grant from the UK government in order to carry out research that will make our uh, intelligence, uh, let's say, better by scanning, by including images mm. uh, that come from um, uh, from uh, publicly available data, data sets of real estate into our search engine. Brilliant. Okay, yeah. I, I love this idea of bringing uh, kind of the business world to the science world and vice versa. Yeah, if I may expand on that, within within our team, it's, it, it is important. We do uh, set time apart for individually, so that we can learn, we can yeah. read, we can explore, we can experiment, we can fail, and yes. and reach out to people to uh, to teach ourselves, to teach our teams. Yes. So it's a kind of continuous learning. It's, it's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And do you think, in general, uh, businesses and maybe science, looking both ways, um, interact with each other enough? You know. Uh, because I imagine that the, you know the curiosity in the universities is huge and it's kind of full-on volume, uh, but then uh, our business is looking for well, oh, that's interesting. We could use that. Mm-hmm. A short, short answer. I don't know if, <laughs> if it's enough. If it's good, uh, yeah. normally people tend to to complain. So if you go to university, people <laughs> will say we don't want more companies because they only want profits. And people in 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 the industry they say um, academic people just want you know to publish a paper, nothing beyond that. But I think I just want to take make sure my company combines both of both world both worlds. Um, I think. I think there's, yeah, we can always do better. We yeah, can always yeah. do better. And it depends on uh, which aspect of, of science and, and research you're looking at. Definitely, it's, it's it's way more active in artificial intelligence, data science, um, uh, robotics, automation, even um, knowledge retrieval, information architecture, knowledge crafts, all these fields. Yeah. The past 10, 15 years have been skyrocketing, um, both within and outside academia. Wow. And I'm, I'm I'm exceptionally happy with that. Generally, I should say, I think companies have become more scientific the last twenty years. Yeah, I would never expect people uh, implementing um, topology and super abstract mathematical concepts in uh, you know real world scenarios. Mm. Um, I'm fascinated by that. Yeah. I'm really fascinated that that abstract ideas 
um, um, Kiev geometries, uh, geometrical uh, graph neural networks, and all that have yeah. um, have some way out. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. I, I can imagine companies that actually take the advantage of this uh, new learnings and approaches, and and willing to experiment with it. It kind of sharpens their their kind of competitive edge quite sharply, you know, because it's it's a form of innovation. This research is um applying that in in a way that gives you the competitive edge it is an innovation of sorts so yeah it's um yeah absolutely yeah it, it, yeah it is a two-faced knife yes if you like there's always the risk that you spend too much time yeah. more than what you can afford as a company yeah. and you don't deliver value um but then again there's no right or wrong just mm. try an error it's balance yeah. i mean if you take if you take quantum computers for for that this is a good example that people people invest nobody knows uh, whether and when uh, real value real impact industrial impact will be delivered however people try and and, yeah. and that's the beauty of it hey okay, i'm going to i'm going to put you on the spot because you've done the, you've done quantum mechanics do you think quantum mechanics um is going to deliver some value in our generation um it, yes i still feel young so i have quite um, many decades ahead uh i think yes if i uh, if you ask me to take a wild guess like when i definitely cannot say i don't think within the next five years that investors expect we'll have a, a global universal quantum computer that can solve any type of problems Mm. Um, I think the the applications will be very very uh, specific in particular domains. Yes, you can have a unique edge um, that no classical computer can um, can deliver. However, however, yeah, it's hard to say because all the other technologies are evolving as well. It's not it's not only quantum algorithms that or quantum hardware that gets better. Mm. Uh, so there is a competition of technologies. Um, if you want an analog, I find particularly amusing from the past. I mean, you're old enough to remember the rise and, and, and the fall of the CDs and yes. DVDs and the optical technology. So when they came in the 80s and the 90s, no one would ever think that we would go back to the magnetic technology. And But fast forward 20 years later, everyone everyone's using an iPhone, an iPod, or, or something that covers a, a magnetic hard disk drive. Nobody's using CDs anymore. Yes. So it's hard to predict. Yes, that's right. Impossible to predict. <laughs> Fascinating. Well, I just wanted to put you on the spot, you know. <laughs> um, so coming back to yourself then, Marios, what's your passion that drives you? I think you kind of touched on some of your passion. So as a, as a leader, there, you know, what what are those things that really kind of uh, get you jumping out of bed in the morning? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there is a there is a personal dimension and and and, and there is a professional dimension. So I just want to be uh, I want to be useful for for myself, for my surrounding, for my family, for my direct colleagues, and I want to be uh, useful in a long range. I want to have a long range impact. As I said before, the very idea that you can take and learn and and, and, and dominate um, a scientific field like abstract mathematics, quantum physics, AI, whichever that is, and, 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 and create a product which is unique and useful at the same time. For me, it's, you know, it's as good as being um, um, an artist that people will, will remember forever. Awesome. So 
doing good stuff for 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 the society. Yeah, <laughs> as general as it can be. Yeah, I love that. I, I resonate with that. And uh, I, this is, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's not about us individually and our own. Uh, yeah, it's it's looking for the kind of bigger picture and, and having impacts. You know, leaving something behind. I guess you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and coming on to your leadership, then how do you lead? What's what kind of leader would you describe yourself to be with your teams? I, um, I'm not sure I follow any patterns. Or if I do, I don't. I'm not aware of it. <laughs> um, I, I I try to be good and and, and productive at the same time. Um, so uh, we are a small agile team. Um, we try to push one uh, each other. We, we try to support. Um, uh, I think I think leadership is important in the in the hard moment, and this is where distinguishes a. A good team from a bad team, a successful team from a a team which is about to collapse. It's how people react under stressful situations. Mm. Um, so I think it's about being humane. Yeah, definitely have have a clear goal, have a clear process, have a clear understanding of of the skills that you have or the skills that you're missing when it comes around the product. Definitely, I'm not wiping those things off. Yeah. I'm saying that you need a humane, a humane dimension in order to make to make to make the team work, um, uh, always work, especially in those in those in those particularly weird times that we're living the yeah. continuous lockdowns. Yes, well, that's a nice segue into the kind of uh, COVID nineteen era that we're living in. Um, hopefully, in the future, uh, audience listeners will realise it's mm-hmm. a thing of the past. Um, um, so how have you found leading within this kind of COVID era, this jolt? Um, you get used to it. It's like uh, it's like living a uh, never-ending winter. <laughs> it says, it's okay, I still breathe, I survive, I do what I have to do, but then suddenly spring comes. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you can see the sun or hear the birds singing. And you say, oh, I've forgotten about how beautiful those details are. So yeah. a couple of times that we were able to meet in, in, in person, we were really, everyone could say there was a difference in our, in our productivity, in our mentality, in our team spirit. Um, so, yeah, as I said before, I give people the freedom to decide, myself included, um, if you want to work now or later, if you want to go to bed or, or it's, it's okay. Just take it easy on you, and we meet again. We meet soon. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I, hopefully we're seeing the end of the light at the end of the tunnel here at the moment. I, I'm I don't know about you, Maros, but I'm really looking forward to interacting and traveling to a workplace and and collaborating with people in the room. You know, absolutely, absolutely. I think I think I think we are missing some data. As I mean, we like humanity. Um, as of where, where where's the the Goldilock zone or where's the golden ratio you like of how many days per week I want to go to the yes to my office as an IT worker as a leader or whatever um, I think people overestimate and under underestimate quite easily the the difficulties overestimate the uh, capacity um, yeah, I'm, I'm just really curious and really excited to see how the new era would be yes yeah yeah I'm, I'm interested in that as well because it is a balance i do like working from home um but i also do like traveling and, and meeting 
people in different environments. And the thing that um, we've mentioned a few times on the CTF Confessions podcast is whiteboards. I miss interacting on whiteboards mm-hmm. with people. You know, that, that beautiful white slab of collaboration. Physical you know? objects. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and in terms of your teams, are they, are they kind of uh, internal? Do you kind of uh, have a mix, a blend between external and internal? Um, we do we do have an we are an in-house team um we are expanding um i can i, I cannot say much i know there, there are like surely there are pros and cons for either like mm. working with contractors subcontractors outsourcing a whole team um but now again uh, connected to the to the previous comment of where people prefer to work if you give this absolute freedom where they can they can choose their workplace they can choose their their lifestyle they some people want to work from the beach or some of them mums yeah. grandmoms home yeah. in the other end of the you know the, the other side of the earth um then it's the lines between what is full-time what is part-time what is con- a, contractor if it is directly employed is is quite blurry so there's a whole spectrum of of of, um commitment or relationship with a team yes um we are rather i mean we begin as a as a small agile team that we know each other's face yes and then in the future expand but we want to do that steadily yeah we do value individuality coming on to you know creating high performing teams it sounds like you've got so you've got a great team around you and they're delivering great value um uh, and we've mentioned offline around kind of agile um what what are your kind of uh, feelings around um in addition to agile creating high performance what how would you how do you go about that my feelings generally is that the the grass is greener on the other side of the yard yeah. <laughs> so, right. so there's a, if you are high performing, you can be higher performing. Yeah. Uh, right. That is uh, one aspect. Um, yeah. Coming to uh, tools and methods. Yeah. Absolutely. Retrospect, sprint, agile method, uh, weekly and daily stand-ups. Those things have have given a cohesion. Yeah. Uh, within our team and a purpose and liability. Yeah. Yes. So if you know that you report to somebody, then um, you are you try to become self-contained. Hmm. You have to. You are responsible for for That's your. That's right. This is this is something that academia is missing. Oh, okay, right. I'm not saying that it's good or bad. Maybe there's a purpose behind that. But people in academia tend to think like artists. I will work whenever I get inspiration. Yes. Or when this idea is revealed to me in a dream, then I will yeah. write a paper yeah. and I will, become, yeah. I will solve the world's problems. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't... But you have to rely on other resources yeah. beyond that, beyond these moments of um, magnificent inspiration. And, and yeah. this is where Agile and those methods uh, keep you keep you going, Gabby, give you yeah. a routine. Keep delivering, keep delivering, iterative, yeah. uh, what have you. I, I find that interesting you say about the um, uh, academia world where they need those inspirations because 
I, I'm quite, I, I can imagine you're, you're very similar. I, I'm a very creative person. So, uh, and sometimes when I'm trying to force creativity, it actually then destroys the creativity. It is a, there's a kind of process that you need to go through. And sometimes it's doing something completely random, mm-hmm. different. Uh, and then, then the insight uh, emerges. Um, but, so what, what's the most favorite thing about Agile that you like? I, I've not asked this question before, um, mm-hmm. because there's certain aspects of Agile that um, I, I particularly like. What, what would you say is the thing that um, helps the most, your leadership and your teams? Um, wondering what you can, what you can measure, you can improve. Yeah, someone said, and it's easier said than done. Um, everyone agrees, few people do it, and I have to keep re- uh, reminding this to myself. Yeah, that you know, watch yourself, um, your, your 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 past productivity. Let's say one week, one month yeah. ago, and don't be afraid of, of um, you know, judging or praising yourself. Yeah, there's no other way to other way to to improve, move forward. Yeah. So it, so so this is this is where it's particularly more than useful. Monitoring. Brilliant. I like that. Yeah, I think it was Deming um, who, t- who spoke around. Uh, you know, if you can measure it, mm-hmm. you don't measure it. What are you improving? Kind of thing. Um, and engineering challenges. Uh, the area that you're working in is, is uh, I feel, very unique, uh, what you're bringing to it. What are the engineering challenges that you have? Um, several. I'm not sure how detailed I should, um, I should be here, but it has to do with, a, with the speed of execution. It has to be with, with, with trial cycles, and it has to do with experimenting. So... Sometimes people, or myself, are hesitant because you don't you you, you think the the risk outweighs the the reward, or however this stops you sometimes from um, from trying new things that p- could potentially innovate your whole your whole production line, your whole your whole end product. So so the the the, the biggest challenge is fail safe. Mm. How to how to create the safe space that your team can fail yeah and can try and can keep on trying and experimenting cool um other 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 challenges i think are go go around portability of code writing in the in uh, one person's favorite language or the other person's favorite language or changing but i think there's always a work around yeah that's right um I, i i guess you're speaking to kind of consistency you know so that it's mm-hmm. um, I, I, engineers in general are very kind of creative creatures and they like trying new things. And I imagine being a leader, trying to rein in and create some guardrails of where people take their innovation and, and writing code is quite challenging. It is. And it, and it is quite flexible on the other hand, because we are a small company. Um, mm. We are a startup and most of startups, they don't, they don't, they don't want to fail, but they don't have the, um, the rigid methodology or processes that that yeah. that, in, that a, a huge company has. Yeah. So so there's there's freedom, and yeah. we want to type to to tell people you know, do this your way, as long as you understand what we need to solve. Yeah, and that's the aligning point there. Right. It's an interesting question for you, Marios. 
what keeps you up at night? This is an interesting question. That is personal. And <laughs> that is, um, there is, um, I mean, I could, I could read, I could read this question both ways. Like what, what bothers me, what, what tortures me or what excites me. I, 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 I tend to go a bit late because I like the calmness, the tranquility that I can enjoy after midnight. And I put my thoughts together and I relax my brain. I go to the, you know, wandering default brain network that I can, it's like prayer dreaming uh, (laughs) that I can contemplate and I can definitely not every night. But I'm trying to tell you that it's good if something keeps us up at night. Uh I, I think I find it a personal productive space. Yes. Um, on the other hand, you know that the morning after you have to yeah. deliver, you have to meet the goal, you have to meet people, you have to do what is in your agenda. So, so I guess the combination of the two is is my challenge. Just to to add, it's particularly useful in the in the beginning of of a startup where the um, uh, the learning curve is explosive yes. and you learn so many things. Um, you do need these personal reflection times because simply your brain needs to consolidate the knowledge. Otherwise, you are throwing away big chunks of, of information that you don't transform into knowledge. This is what brain neuroscientists say. Mm. Uh, you have to. It's like It's like you go to the gym. You, it's the gym for your brain mm. if you want to learn yeah that's, that's quite yeah I find that uh, quite insightful that's, that's excellent um so for in, in, um for aspiring leaders Marios what what advice would you give to aspiring leaders out there that are on their way to to tech leadership or want to get to tech leadership i I've said I've said this once to um to a young uh, uh, a young boy that was a f- f- from a friend's family. My advice is don't take any advice from anyone, including myself. <laughs> it is a funny paradox. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's hard to know what works for for everyone. Just I can say uh, try things like be yourself, believe in yourself. I think that the what works works the most with me is challenge yourself and try to learn something which is beyond your your, your expertise mm. beyond your specialty and that that would be something new that would be something good for you stretch yourself it will be painful but it will transform yourself brilliant love it great advice i'm going to take that advice myself i think um and uh any books that you recommend yeah so as i said before i, I like to Stop reading tech and science book books, um, at least not physics or AI related or mm. data science books. Um, I tend to to read the, I tend to read philosophy, history, um, biology, neuroscience, applied psychology. So, um, so if yeah, if on on the applied psychology slash self help books, I find particularly well well said 
the um, well-written The Procrastination Equation by Pierce Steele okay. that draws conclusions upon research and large, large populations. So it's not it's not the, the guru coach just giving his or her opinions. It's mm -hmm. research-based. Wow. Um, another one would be actually any 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 books or papers by uh, Albert Laszlo Barabasi. I find fascinating because it's on the science of, of networks and graphs that applies to anything in the physical and uh, world and in the society as well. Right. Thinking fast, thinking slow by oh, yes. Dan Kahneman. This is our this is um, uh, all time favorite. Um, I find his papers, his ideas, also fascinating. Again, I'm an outsider. For me, wasn't those things were eye openers. Mm. I find quantum mechanics boring because I've been studying that since I was 18, yeah. 17. <laughs> right. Yeah. But for other people, it's, it's it's the other way around. You know. Yeah, that book's come up a few times actually from a few, a few tech leaders. So. Uh, okay. Yeah, it is one I've read before, and uh, I think I think the reason why it keeps coming back to me by these podcasts is that I think the book wants me to read it again. You know, so maybe there's some uh, calling there. You know, um, okay, here's, here's a fun one for you, Marios. I'm going to be mm -hmm. a tech genie for a second. I'm going to offer you a wish for your your market, uh, the market that you're working, maybe your leadership, maybe your teams. What wish would you uh, ask the tech genie? Yeah, and uh, one click solution to deploy any 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 solution, any crazy wild solution I want to. So any any experiment I want to be one click away. So <laughs> remove the complexity. But on yeah. the other hand, this is what we have to develop. This is what we have to solve. So yeah. it connects to what I said earlier. It has to do with the speed from conception to execution. Anything that decreases that is a gain and it is for for us for our team for the developer mm. for the customer as well yeah love it that's great i i i think i'd like that as well that button to press you know to make uh. it to make it happen and and finally your your key takeaway for our tech leader men and women out there uh, what would you say to them as a parting gift oh, a rather a rather personal note which is again easy easier said than done but don't get disheartened don't get disappointed i have had one million and one failures in my life and i will have even more mm -hmm. um life is fun if you if you accept that and if you learn every time after a failure brilliant like it that's uh, that's very uh, profound and uh, yeah, thank you for that. So thank you for your time, Marios. It's been great having you on board. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Well, it was great speaking to Marios. It's always great to meet people that have lived a career in more than one field and seeing how the marriage of two or more unfold. That was from being a quantum mechanics scientist to a data scientist. For me, there were many key takeaways from the podcast and here are just a few. Number one, how Honest AI, with the help of Marius and his team, is making commercial asset investments great again with the science of data. And through this, they're improving decision times by a whopping 30%. A 
And it's great to hear that they're not working to replace analysts or investors. They're empowering them. They want to create super analysts and super investors. My second key takeaway is the importance of continually sharpening the competitive edge of the business by applying research coming out of academia with the reapplication of methods and models used in science to serve business. So thank you for your time, Marios. I look forward to hearing about you and Honest AI's further innovations and success. Thank you for your time. And before I go, remember to subscribe to CTO Confessions podcast and IT Labs newsletter. URLs for this can be found on this page. We're consistently creating material to create, support and nurture a community of tech leaders. And of course, if you want to know more about our services at IT Labs, including our Teams as a Service service, please don't hesitate to get in touch. As mentioned in the intro, please think of us like tech leaders, favourite off-the-shelf service, providing quality, high-performing teams off that shelf with a wide breadth of skill and knowledge. That's all, folks. Look after each other and keep safe. Wishing you all a great day or evening wherever you are in the world from all of us at IT Labs. Live long and prosper until we meet again on the next podcast.